Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. Aloha, all of you amazing men and women out there. Welcome to Men of Abundance. I am your host, Wally Carmichael. We have an amazing, amazing guest today. I am absolutely positive you're going to be entertained and get a lot out of this conversation between me and our featured guest today. Now, as usual, before we get started today, I want to give you an opportunity to help me keep the mic on here at Men of Abundance and at the same time give you something of great value. So today's show is brought to you by Beachbody On Demand. You've heard me talk about this before if you've listened to past episodes. This is a system that I have personally used in my health and fitness over the last two or three years. And I absolutely love it because it gives me the freedom to work out when and where I want to because I can stream all of my workouts from my smartphone, from a tablet, from my computer, even from my TV since I have the Roku. I get to pick what workout I feel like doing for that day if it's insanity or yoga or P90X or 22 minute hardcore. I get to pick where I want to do the workout which is normally on my back lanai. If I want to go to the gym, if there's a, if I'm doing a workout that needs weights, I can take my phone to the gym, I can take my trainer to the gym and we can get through the workout using what equipment I need at the gym. Beachbody On Demand also tracks all of my workouts. I have my meal plans built in there. I can create a meal plan specifically for myself and what my goals are. I just can't say enough about how convenient Beachbody On Demand is. And later on in the show, I'm going to tell you how you can get a 30-day free trial so that you can try it out before you buy it. But I'm absolutely convinced that you're going to love it. Our featured guest today has one heck of a story on top of other stories on top of other stories. He is an amazing individual. And in fact, one of his stories was turned into a movie. You might have heard of it. It's called Sully. And Sully is the movie about the airplane that landed in the Hudson. Dave already had one heck of a story before that event occurred. And we're going to talk about that when we get into what he did before the event and what he's done since. Since the event, he's gone on to be a motivational speaker, mentor, and author. In his presentations, he shares and teaches the 12 resources to create your own personal flight plan. Now, here's an interesting fact or something I found interesting anyway, and we talk about this later in the conversation. But on top of being a top sales producer, Dave was also director of security for the international and renowned speaker Tony Robbins. He did that for about 10 years. Men of Abundance, I want to introduce to you Mr. David Sanderson. Dave, welcome to Men of Abundance, man. How are you doing today? Thank you, Wally. I'm excited to be here with you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's really exciting. I, you know, uh, the first time we talked, I don't know, goodness, it seemed like we talked for about an hour and a half or so um, and just getting to know each other. It was a really good conversation. I felt just amazed after that conversation. Well, I say here, it's, uh, I think when you uh, have an attitude of gratitude, as they say, it, uh, you can build rapport pretty quickly with people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So where are you at in the world today? I'm uh, actually sitting in Charlotte, North Carolina today, not traveling until next week, and then starts all the fun starts again. Yeah, I think we talked about this before when we first talked. I, I like Charlotte. I was in uh, Fayetteville 
uh, for quite a while, uh, for about two, three years. And not a whole lot going on there as far as I'm concerned. A lot of testosterone, thanks to the yep. 82nd Airborne Division and whatnot. But um, we drove all over North Carolina, and I like Charlotte. It's pretty nice out there. Yeah, you're right about Fayetteville. It's a great, I mean, great warriors out there. I've been there a few times, but uh, Charlotte's sort of the happening place. It's like a mini Atlanta, and it's, uh, it's one, of the, you know, one of the biggest, fastest and biggest growing cities in the country right now. Yeah, I dig it. It's nice out there. Yeah. So, um, you know, I like to start out the show basically the same way I start pretty much every single morning, which is with an attitude of gratitude. It just makes such a great difference in my day. What do you have to be grateful for today, Dave? Well, you know, today I'm just, I'm just as really grateful that all my family's healthy right now. I've had, unfortunately, some friends who are, got got ill and a couple who have passed away recently. But so, just having and uh, just having health and having energy to be able to do do it to accomplish our mission here for the day. That is a lot to be grateful for. There's a lot of people that do not have their health and. You know, there's many reasons for that, which we won't really get into right now. It is a big part of who I am as far as health and fitness and trying to get people to uh, live a healthy and abundant life. Uh, so that is certainly a lot to be grateful for. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that. I was at an event with Tony Robbins a few years ago, and I remember a lady came up, and she basically just, and I was with Tony, and she said that, uh, I pray for your health so you can have that health to continue what you're doing. And I thought that was one of the nicest nicest compliments and prayers i've ever heard from somebody but not to them but for their health so they can have, have what they need to do to fulfill their mission so i i, uh, I sort of took that and hijacked it yeah that is indeed and you know you speak of tony robbins and that man you know he's one of those guys that he's really really big on mindset of course and his mindset is that is such that he does not get sick because he tells himself he is not going to get sick. I mean, the guy hardly has time to get sick. But uh, I just find that amazing that he has that mindset and that mind power over his body. Well, it's, I was with him for over 10 years traveling the world with him, and, and I've seen it up close and personal. And, of course, he, he demands of his security team the same thing he demands of himself. So you've got to raise your standard and step up the game. So uh, I, I understand how he does it. And it's uh, it's a combination of a lot of things, but uh, it's it's hard to get get him down. It's extremely hard to get him down. And so I, uh, I you know, the strategies that he shares on that, I would I would take to the bank and share with other people that uh, if you don't want to get sick or you want to have full energy at all times, there is a strategy just like for anything else. Yeah, absolutely. And he he definitely has it down. And he's got a an an amazing amazing background that um, you know, further builds onto that. But I want to get into your background. I want to find out more about you. I gave a very brief bio before we got started here, but um, I want to hear from you. I want to, you know, I know you've got an amazing background. That's why I asked you to come onto uh, onto the show. Well, well, thank you. Well, I you know, I've um I had 30 plus years in sales and um, all the way from your knocking on doors, selling copiers, when I started out in sales, to being in high technology and major account sales from some of the biggest companies in the world. So um, I've, I've, I, I put my dues in, and I learned a lot. And one of the things that during that uh, that tenure is that I, I made a goal back in the early '90s to keep investing in myself, and that's you know, and I can't uh, you know, talk enough about you know investing in yourself and personal personal development and I still do that today I make every year I make a personal development goals every every year because I think you just still got to keep going and you never you're never too old to learn but uh, you know about 30 years after my sales career began uh, I was on a sales trip and and uh, finishing a three-day business trip to New York and that's when my life started changing for another direction 
Um, you know, I, you know, I was on the last passenger off the plane that crashed into the Hudson River, noticed a miracle on the Hudson, and it was a routine business day, nothing unusual. And all of a sudden, you go from, uh, you know, 35,000 feet, you know, and all of a sudden, you're, you're descending into the Hudson River. Um, so it's, um, it's, uh, it changed my life. And candidly, why I was going on, I didn't know how it was going to change my life. I just knew I was alive, and I thought I'd go back to work the next day uh, just to go about business as usual. But uh, things have a way of uh, playing out a different way. So I was uh, quickly put into this, sort of the media spotlight along with many of us that day but then uh you know what we talked about tony robbins a moment ago and i was with tony for 10 years as his security director and you know that night uh, tony was the only one to call me in the hospital mm-hmm. and he reached out to me and he found me and uh you know i tell people he's got the resources to do that it's not like he he's a pauper he knows how to find people when he <laughs> needs to talk to them and i was very honored he did that but uh, he and i maintained a high level of contact for uh right after the plane plane incident and the plane crash and he was coaching me the whole time, and he was really the one who spurred me to take that next direction in my life because as I was, you know, working with him, I was still in sales. The uh, what he, Every time I would pick him up at the airport or meet him for the first time for one of our trips, he'd always ask me, are you still working for that company? When are you going to start working for yourself? And he would just get in my gr- grill and candidly, you know, it's hard to make excuses to Tony. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, I got to a point where I couldn't make any more excuses but this happened, and as he said, this is your time. So he, uh, you know, he, he sort of gave me the impetus and the coaching and the strategies on how to do it. And, you know, I, that's why I made my move out of the corporate life into entrepreneurship. And I started learning the basics like every, everybody does. Um, and I, I made mistakes likewise, but uh, I started, started my little company a few years ago, and now I get to travel the world. Not at the same level as Tony, of course. He's had 30 years on me, but... Uh, I travel the world impacting people, and with my books are out now, and doing other things, and I'm just very honored that uh, to be able to do that. So that's a little bit about me. I got my wife and four kids here in Charlotte, and like I mentioned earlier, we're, they're all healthy. I don't know about happy, but they're healthy, and um, you know, that's all I can ask for right now. They'll, they'll get their happiness one way or another. <laughs> yeah, you you made me laugh doing some of this stuff. Yeah. I've I've never had the opportunity at this point, not yet, to meet Tony face to face. But I'll tell you, when I see the documentaries and I see his stuff, and when he talks about getting in your grill, when I see him getting in people's grills right up in their face, and the way his stare is, I, literally the hair on the back of my neck stands up, and I would love to experience that face to face. It's terrifying. The man is just huge it, and terrifying. It is. He, he comes from. A, see, I think when. The difference uh, Wally is, is I've seen him do it hundreds of times. He comes from it, as you can tell, from an aspect of love. So you know it's not personal. And right. He's coming from it to help you and benefit you. And Canley, one of the biggest challenges as you you coming from the military, you appreciate this. People are just not telling it like it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, like he tells you, you know, don't see it worse than it is. Don't see it better. Just see it as it is and then attack it. And you know that was the strategy that he taught me years ago. And you're right. I think when he looks you in the eye and starts grilling you, it's not because he wants to tear, tear you down. It's to, it's, to, it's to give you a perspective on you're, you're good enough to do this. And you got to get confidence in yourself and you need self-esteem in yourself. And we're going to figure this thing out and get it done right now. Yeah, just amazing. Absolutely amazing. So let's talk about the, the I want to talk a little bit about the plane crash. I want to talk about the moments that the plane was actually going down. What was the general... Uh, I've seen the movie, and I'd also like to ask you, you know, if how the movie 
depicted the the situation from you know kind of start to finish but really the time of the plane was going down what was the general what were people doing how were they reacting as compared to how you were reacting it uh you know once i think once everybody heard the explosion and when i heard candidly i i just thought the plane lost an engine so it didn't startle me because i fly over 100 times a year and one of the i think one of the distinctions that may have come through the movie but you had to watch for it is the passenger makeup of that plane because it was primarily business people so who travel a lot so i think initially no one really was getting out of sorts because everybody thought okay go back get another plane no big deal you know it happens but when the captain said his famous words brace for impact is when people really understood this was a potentially dire situation. And those are the words Captain Sullivan uses. Uh, I thought it was serious. He says dire. I'll take his words. And um, <laughs> that was the moment, you know, where no one, once again, no one was losing it. You heard, the only thing you heard on the plane uh, was somebody in the back. There, you heard the flight attendants going, brace, brace, brace. But there was a lady in the back saying the Lord's Prayer. Because I think everybody at that point was sort of resigned that this thing's going down. And when planes go down, especially in rivers or in water, it's usually not a good outcome. And I think people were checking in with uh, whether there's their family or whether it's with their creator like I was uh, to make sure that I had everything in line. Because I tell people, I sort of joke about it, you know, I wanted to go up, not down. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure I was checking in with my creator to make sure I was, you know, what he, whatever needed to be done, let's get it done right now. You know, let's, uh, let me get reconciled pretty quickly. And I think a lot of people were having those similar thoughts. But, uh, no, as we were going down, no one was losing it. So, answer your second question. I think, if you've, if you've seen the movie, the third depiction of the incident, the plane going down, is, is extremely accurate. Um, that is, I think, you know, if, and I tell people, I think you saw pretty much what happened inside that plane in the third recollection as he was talking to the NTSB. Um, what really happened that day? Yeah, that part is the part that really amazed me. Now you know Captain Sullivan, uh, Captain Sully, right? I do. He and I actually shared the same birthday, and we shared the stage before, so he and I uh, know each other pretty well. Very interesting. So, how did Tom do as far as uh, depicting the uh, personality? You know, that was one thing I was actually looking for, Wally, and I thought he, I thought he pretty well nailed it because Captain Sullenberger's stoic, humble, focused, doesn't get emotional, even though he looked. He, I'm sure there were times you got emotional, and uh, I thought Tom Hanks played it extremely well. I thought the, the gentleman Aaron Eckhart played Jeff Skiles extremely well because Jeff Skiles is a little more dry, a little more comedic, a little more you know, uh, you know, talkative. So I think they did a tremendous job in casting for that movie. Yeah, that is funny because my wife and I were literally this morning having a conversation about casting for movies. Uh, we just talked about stuff like that. And uh, just some there's some movies that are just casted so well. And that was, you know, as far as I'm concerned, one of them. But I didn't know the characters of the individuals like we refer to like Star Trek, the newer Star Trek and stuff, how they cast a younger Captain Kirk and the all the younger characters, how well they did that. And we hadn't even considered uh, Sully because... We didn't have a reference, so that's cool to, to get that reference from you. Well, I appreciate the question. No one's ever asked me that question yet, so thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. So now, as far as you, you say that everybody pretty much flew quite a bit. Now, I've flown quite often in my in my life all over the world, and I would hope that, you know, I, I go through these scenarios as we do in the military. We consistently put our mind and our body through scenarios so that we can be more prepared when 
everything goes wrong and we know how to react. So I would hope that I would act as calm and collected as you did and as you say that the people on the plane did uh, because also I have training in resiliency. I'm a master resiliency trainer that I was trained through the military because of all of the issues that pop up, you know, within our family members and stuff like that. So I do train on resilience and how to be resilient in situations like that. I would hope that I would act that way. But do you think that anything in your past helped you or even some of the other members, uh, some of the other passengers react the way they did? Well, I think that's a great, great question. Because I actually wrote a blog about this uh, several weeks ago. Um, as when I, right after when the movie came out, I was doing a lot of you know, media interviews, this question so it came up. And what I told, says, I think the, the quote that I use is, you know, those who have the humility to prepare will have the confidence to execute when that moment comes. And so I think total preparation for, you saw with him, but me likewise, because I, I, in my blog, I wrote about an incident when I was in Boy Scouts. And this was back when I was 12 or 13 years old. And I was getting this thing called the Order of the Arrow Award. I wanted to go for it, which basically is, you know, you, you basically had to do a lot of different tasks to earn this award. It's a big, prestigious award. And one of the things, I was 12 years old. My dad dropped me off in Columbus, Ohio, said, I'll see you in three days. And so I was by myself at 12 or 13 going out to do all these things. And one of the things we had to do is, you know, you got no sleep at all, sort of like the military. Yeah, you had, they, they were testing you at the level. But. The one thing I, I talked about is we had to get across a river to with our backpacks to get to the other side because we had another task we had to do on the other side of the river. And, you know, you had to figure out how you're going to get – do you walk all the way around the river or do you go across it? And I actually swam across the river with my backpack to get across and with no sleep. And I said, I think that one moment as I, as I was thinking really helped – probably gave me a great preparation mentally because – on the plane that day, you know, I had no control of the situation. I got in the river. I had to swim for my life. I had my clothes on, but I, I, I wasn't I wasn't scared because I had all I had that preparation. So as I write in my book, Moments Matter, one of the things I realized is all these moments in your life will lead you up to that one critical moment, and you just don't know which one of those moments or moments will make all the difference. And I, that's why we call the book Moments Matter because it's it was a culmination of things in my life. That got me to that moment, just like other people on the plane. I remember there's another gentleman, Mark, who was a, a sergeant in the uh, in the Marine Corps. He was up front. He was given direction with people up front who uh, who needed some direction. So I think everybody was on that plane at a certain place for a reason, with the backgrounds they had um, to pull off something that never been pulled off before in the history of aviation. Yeah, and you know, I often say, um, quite often I say, collect experiences not stuff and what you just said there in your book moments matter take that to a whole new level that i just just thought about just as you were saying that because experiences are what make us stronger in times of adversity rather they're good experiences or bad experiences uh and i just think that's amazing and i'm definitely going to get a hold of your book because it's right up the alley of what i like to read and put into my mind well, I think you're exactly right. And that's why when I started being with, I referenced Tony again, he sort of gave me that perspective, which you just shared with your with the audience here, is, is you know, he puts put me and all my team in experiences where it made us grow. And things were made us very uncomfortable. But you know what? I think all those things paid off one place or another in my life where, you know, can't, I didn't think about much about it when that was going down. So, um, 
I, 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 I truly believe that day, if you, if you saw the movie Sully, as you did, you saw all the things that led up to him being able to do what he did that day. It wasn't, you know, all those uh, just coming together is like he said, making all those deposits, all those, those years for that one big mm-hmm. cash out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, he had such – I don't know if we had the conversation after the movie. I don't know that anybody else could have done that. I know there's a lot of very experienced pilots out there, but his experience certainly, without a doubt, made him able to make such an amazing um, landing. And on top of that, at the end, when they were basically accusing him of the whole thing, uh, the way he – share the way he basically laid it all out for them and had them test certain things that that came from experience that was just pure experience yep and he didn't lose his he didn't lose his mind over it yeah. yeah yeah and i see how any anybody else could have easily with i mean i was losing my mind just sitting there watching right. and i was like oh my goodness there's things i want to say to those people man but um you know i don't want to assume that that plane crash was your kick in the gut moment uh and if it is, you know, that's perfect. We'll go from there. But I would like to hear that kick in the gut moment that was, um, you know, led up to a pivot point in your life, either personal or career. I think I've had, I've had in my life. And it, I would, yeah, in my career, I, I believe, you know, I, I, got, I got let go of my first sales job. And I was, it, you know, at that point, I didn't understand why. And I was probably pretty immature. Um, but I still, I didn't understand why, but what happened, what made it, and all of a sudden gave me an opportunity to grow to another level with another sales job. I think that was a kick in the gut moment, but I tell you, you know, you know, I think, you know, my time with Tony, you know, he, like I he challenged me constantly. Uh, and there were times when, you know, he would tear me down pretty quick. You know, when you think you got, you know, like you had a tall poppy syndrome, they call it in Australia, right? You think you're a little bit bigger than you really are, and you, you get down, and all of a sudden you're you're thinking, "Man, I am I'm a loser," but you know, and all of a sudden, but you bounce back. So I think career-wise, it was definitely the first time I got let go by a company, and I, I'm not ashamed to say I was. It just happened, and uh, but I had to reassess myself, and that's when I started personalized personal development journey. Can we? Is when that happened because I knew something had to change in me. And I took personal ownership of that, and I think that was the difference in my life. As you were saying that, I was thinking of a conversation I was having with my seven-year-old on the way. We were going to the skating rink. We have one skating rink out here in Hawaii. Actually, they have one right now down in Waikiki that they put, but it's only temporary for the holidays. But we go to the skating rink, and we hadn't been there in well over a year. And the last time we went, my son, my seven-year-old, he was five or six, and he was getting pretty good during that short time we were there. But on the way to the skating rink, he was talking about how good he skates, having not skated in over a year and only skating once, right? And my first inclination would be to, no, you're not. You're just not that good. You know, you haven't, when have you skated? You know, to kind of tear him down like that. But I thought, you know what? Let me wait just a minute. Let me get him on the ice and let him figure it out himself. And they have these little rail things that they hold on to as they skate to hold him up but he wanted to go right out and do it without the skates and he fell and he got up and he fell <laughs> and then he looked at me dad he said you know what dad i'm not as good as i thought i was so let me start with the rail thing and i was like all right cool you know he figured it out himself but i didn't have to tear him down mentally to do that he he figured it out right. himself because he sees how i react towards certain things as well so that tearing down part is something that they do in basic training as well you know they tear you down to build you back up 
And that's just one of those other experiences right. that I think just make us stronger. Most definitely. I think you have to go through adversity. And that's what one of the biggest regrets I have in my life is not going into the military. And that's, you know, back, back when I was getting out of college when all the stuff in Vietnam was just getting over with. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't real popular at that point in time right. to go into the military. But as I look back, I, I think that one, I made two major mistakes in my life. Uh, that was one of them. Uh, I should have gone into the military. Second, was not finishing my Eagle Scouts and Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. And my mother told me I would regret it. And she was right. Wow. Yeah, I never really did get into the Boy Scouts and stuff like that. I have friends, a, a coworker, in fact. He's he's still a scout with his sons, with his boys, and it, it's a you know it's a pretty cool thing. So, but um, so what was that pivot point? What made the difference as far as you know? You talked about getting um, laid off or let go from your sales job that you had. What was the enough is enough moment to where you just decided you know something's got to change? Yeah, and, and I tell you the. I can sort of tell you the day. I don't know the date, but I can tell you the day it happened. It was Labor Day, 1991, whatever day of the week that was that week, that year. Mm-hmm. But I, um, the pivot moment was I was in my second sales job. I was doing pretty well. I made Project Club, and I was actually sitting on in San Francisco. Well, in San Francisco, we were eating. There was a picture taken of me, and I was looked like I was so overweight and fat. I looked miserable. And I thought I was everything in a bag of potato chips because I was top, one of the top salespeople. And that was sort of the, the kick in the gut, but that was like the pivotal was, you know what, never again. Not, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to stand for this level that I'm at right now ever again, whether it's physically, financially, whatever it may be. And that's when everything started changing, and that's when I really started putting the metal to the pedal on the personal development and, and seeking out people. Um, and that's when I first, right after that, I got my first mentor who, who, uh, you know, his name was Bill and Bill, Bill was one of these guys, you know, he drove a pickup truck and wore flannel shirts and I didn't know much about Bill, but I found out about Bill, you know, 80 movie theaters in North, in North and South Carolina. So Bill was like the Sam Walton of Charlotte and he took me under his wing and he sort of gave me that, uh, you know, those life lessons. And that was the pivot moment for me when I saw that picture, which I still have on my desk. Uh, when I was overweight sitting there, and just like, you know, I'm better than this. You mentioned your book a couple times, Moments Matter. Yep. Who, is, who does that book benefit? Who is it for? And uh, what motivated you to write that? Well, it was interesting how the motivation came. I'll sort of take that in reverse order. The motivation came is my uh, my pre-assistant, Vicky and I were talking one day, about two years ago now in August, this, this coming August, so about a year and a half plus ago. And she um, she said, you know, if you do nothing else, you need to audio record that entire day of what happened. So your grandkids and their grandkids will really know the story from your lips. And I said, you know, that's interesting you say that because there's there's a couple ladies down the street who are who would always call me and my wife if they need their TV broke and they need help. They call us and go down and help them. And one day I was down there helping them, and I saw on their their nightstand or the table um, that they had these books and pictures. And I started opening them and. There are pictures of, uh, you know, Auschwitz and in concentration camps. So I'm like, well, where'd you get these? And we were there. We grew mm-hmm. up there. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there going, this is history. These these two elderly Jewish ladies survived the Holocaust. I said, I, I kept telling them, I said, you need to put this on tape. Before, you, before something happens, you need to record. She said, no, 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 we don't want to talk about that. And so I said, Vicky, let's do that. So we spent about eight or nine hours recording every moment 
of that day and the day afterwards and a couple of days afterwards, I suddenly realized there were like these life lessons that I used that I, as I grew up. And, um, you know, that I was using the day and afterwards is, you know, these are, this is some strategies that people could actually use when they face a personal, you know, a traumatic life experience, or I call personal plane crash in their life. So we start, I started documenting the, these things, and all of a sudden, out of the audio, these eight or nine hours of audio tapes, I work with, we got with Cindy, and Cindy, Cindy's got a gift that she can take all this disparate information all the way out there and, and put it in, in a very cohesive manner. And that's what she did. She took basically the stories and what happened and the lessons and strategies that I used that day into it, and we came together, like we mentioned earlier, the reason we made this matters because we realized all these moments in my life added up to that one major moment. Um, and I cashed out that one moment. And it wasn't just every, you know, one thing in my life. It was, you know, understanding how to manage my mind and state management or, you know, the leadership traits that I had or the, the teamwork that I brought to the table, whatever it was. So that's how the book came together, and we're very proud of it. We've done, had a tremendous year in, in uh, you know, this, this year with Moments Matter, and next year we're going to sort of expand it even more. Wonderful. Yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on that book. So, Dave, at this point, we are going to pay it forward to Men of Abundance. You ready to do that? It's rock. Outstanding. Hey, guys, I want to introduce you to the same exact system that I use for my own personal workout. I work out right here at home, right here on my back lanai, and I absolutely love it for so many reasons. One, I don't have to drive to the gym. I just get up between 4.30 and 5, throw on some shorts and my shoes, and grab my computer and head out on to the back lanai and do whatever workout I'm going to be doing for that day. This week, I'm doing a 22-minute hardcore with Tony Horton and some veterans. And I'm loving it because I get a great workout in just 22 minutes. But if I don't feel like doing 22-minute hardcore and I feel like I want a more extreme workout than I'll do Insanity or Asylum, or if I want something a little bit more toned down, then hell, I can do one of the yoga workouts that are in there. You name it. Anything in between is in Beachbody On Demand. Now, if you do like going to the gym, this is the amazing thing. You can stream Beachbody On Demand on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. Whatever you can put in your gym bag, you can take it to the gym with you. Perfect workout to take to the gym with you would be Body Beast with Sagi Kalev or Hammer and Chisel with Sagi and Autumn Calabrese. It's like taking a personal trainer with you to the gym. And Beachbody On Demand tracks all of your workouts, which is extremely important as I'm sure you know. All of your meal plans are built right in there, the calendars, everything you need for your health and nutrition is built into Beachbody On Demand. But I want you to try it out before you fully commit to it. And the way you can do that is get a 30-day free trial by going to menofabundance.com forward slash BOD. If it's not everything I'm talking about, if it's not everything that you feel you need for a workout program, then just cancel before you get charged. But even when you do decide that it's everything you've been looking for in a workout program, you only get charged $38.87 every three months. So you get access to hundreds of workout programs, meal plans that you can personalize to yourself, all the calendars, and you can get 10% discounts on all the other Beachbody products. So to get started today, go to menofabundance.com forward slash BOD or click in the link of the show notes and it'll take you right there so you can get started today. Now let's get back to the show. So give Men of Abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today. Well, the first thing I would say, tell men about is, you know, look for a place you can you can give give gratitude to, and you know I do that every day. And whether it's 
whether it's to, and I do most of mine to the American Red Cross. I believe you got you got to contribute. Contribute to where the truth, growth, and life comes from. It's where your true, grat- true, true growth comes from. So first, every day, find somebody you can you know, give gratitude to, or or pay it forward that way. Second, take care. You know, do something to help your body, whether it's working out, eating right, whatever it is. Get up. The first thing you do is get your body in shape, or that will help you get your mind in shape. The third thing is is you know if you see somebody in need, and I've seen Tony do this, and I started doing this. You know, I um, I might give him a couple bucks. You know, because you know, one thing I realized, and I'm going to talk about in my TED talk coming up, is that I don't know people's backstories. You know, yeah, I was I was pretty judgmental. This is where sort of the third point: don't be judgmental. Um, you know, because you don't know people's backstories. You don't know where they came from. And all of a sudden, as soon as I changed that perspective, my worldview started opening up, and I started having more gratitude in my life, and people started coming to me. Um, so I would say the third thing is don't be judgmental. Focus on you know helping somebody else and try to understand that they're, everybody's got a backstory in their life and you can help them likewise just like they can help you. Wonderful. I absolutely love that. And I do want to give some love to the Red Cross because I know as listening to you before and talking to you last time that they were a huge part of the success uh, that day of the of the crash. They were. They were there. They were there three times. They were there three times for me, Wally. I mean, first of all, Right there at the shore of New Jersey, um, they were one of the three people helping me to the triage as a Red Cross supporter. So I, um, I I donate my time and and help them raise money they need because there's crisis disasters going all over the the world at all times. And you know whether it's this recently we had here in Western North Carolina, Eastern Tennessee, the the, the fires, and they were there for two weeks. So um, thank you for doing that because I think if you if you if you have blood. Tell me if you have blood, give it. If you have time, donate it. If you have some money, you know, contribute because you never know when maybe your family needs that help. Yeah, absolutely agree. So, what daily habits make the biggest impact in your life? Well, I think the first daily habit, and I sort of write about this in moments matters, and I just sort of mentioned it before. Is I think you got to get your body going at all times. So every day, you know, the first thing I do is I get up and I work out. I do something to help my body because. That helps my, uh, my mindset throughout the day. So when things get a little tough, uh, at least I've got that, uh, got that going for me. You know, I do my I really. The second thing I really talk about my rituals is my. It's an hour of power, but it's really not an hour. It's really about fifteen minutes now that I I focus in and focus on outcomes for the day, not actions. And once you know, Tony sort of taught me that trick of how he does his his time management, and once he's he shared that with me. He shares it with everybody. But when he, he and I sat together, he showed it, showed it to me. It made a lot of sense. So I do that every day. I focus on the one or two or three outcomes and what actions do I need to take to get those outcomes. So it's, it's instead of an hour of power, it's like 15 minutes to, uh, to get it done. And, and the third thing I would say is, you know, and one thing you know as, excuse me, being an entrepreneur is you got to know where your money's going. And I never did that very well uh, until I started doing this myself. So the third thing I would the ritual I do is I always look at the, the cash accounts and where we're at and what we need to do and make sure that everything is uh, where it needs to go and people are paid. So I say those three things, you know, health, you know, investment in yourself and make sure your financials are in shape. Wonderful. Absolutely love it. And definitely got to get that blood flowing, get that blood moving through your body, guys. So what book would you recommend to other than, uh, and even if it is your book, uh, Moments Matter, but what book would you recommend to our <laughs> Abundant Leaders and why? Well, 
the you know, of course, women's matter, but the book has really, really had a lot of influence on me in the last few years. It's, it's called The Fourth Turning by Howard Strauss. And the reason it has, and the reason I would suggest this book, um, is that it really helps you understand patterns. Yeah, and one of the things that, you know, that Tony taught me, and he values probably as much as anything else, and when I talk about it in this Matter a little bit, is the skill of anticipation. You know, knowing what that next thing is, so you're ready for it mentally, physically, and emotionally. So you know, this book, The Fourth Turning, gives you the history of all, why all these things in, have happened through history and how they repeat themselves on a seasonal basis, the fourth turning. Every, every fourth, like fourth season that comes back, you know, whether it's winter, summer, spring, or fall of that part of your life. And once I really started learning this and realizing this, I've applied it, and it's, it's actually pretty accurate. So I can have the ability now, and I've always been looking for improvement, but the ability to anticipate what that next step, whether it's the what's going on politically in the country, whether it's what's going on in the church world, you know, whether it's going on in, in, in financials, it helps me understand so I can at least be ready for it. Unless, if I can't take advantage of it, at least be ready for it. So it's called Fourth Turning by Strauss and Howe. Do you know if that book's in audio? It is an audio. It is an audio. It's in Kindle now. When I got it, it was when I got I got a hard copy because like I got it when it first came out about probably about ten years ago. What about your book? Is it in audio yet? Well, that's our that's our project that's coming up right next. Or we wanted to get this out last year, so this year's project is is turning into an audio book. We have so many requests, and how it came about, Wally was you know it was on the agenda, but it's moved up on the agenda because I did a radio interview with a gentleman who was blind. And he, he wanted to talk about the book, and he said a big gift you could give to people is putting an audio book so people like me can can hear it. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know what? That's tremendous. So, uh, yes, it will be an audio book in the next three or four months. Excellent. And I appreciate that, too, because uh, I do like to read. I don't always have the time to read. So when I'm walking around the house or I'm commuting or I'm in my kayak or out running around, I'm listening to audio books or I'm listening to podcasts. And when the book is something I want to study, then I get the hard copy uh, so I can keep it for notes and stuff like that. But um, Men of Abundance, I want to let you know that I have partnered with Audible. And what that means to you is you can get a 30-day free trial with Audible and at the same time get a free book. So you can get that free book and I'll have that link in the show notes. And Dave, I truly appreciate your time. Before we let you go here, I want to ask you to give us a parting piece of guidance in any way that we can reach you and get a hold of your book. Well, thank you very much. I'm, I'm very appreciate you having me on today. And I hope everybody has a tremendous, tremendous new year coming up. I guess one thing I'll, I'll, I'll leave is this, and it's sort of, um, it's, it's sort of, sort of giving me some guides. Is the meanings that I attach to th- things, you know, really has changed and produces the emotion of my life. And you know, once I start realizing the, the power of meanings. Um, and when I attach it, I can attach, you can attach positive things just like you attach negative things. You can reframe things all you want. So I would leave your, the audience with the listeners to, you know, look at, be conscious of the meanings that you attach to things. And because you're constantly creating things in your life and you can be empowering or you can be demoralizing. And that, that one little thing can change the entire, effectively change the entire direction of your life. Um, you, you can get a hold of me. DaveSandersonSpeaks.com. I, I have ways you can contact me verbally and, or through email, and I, will, I respond to everybody personally. 
if you like to sort of track on some things that are going on and where I'll be, it's, that's my website. Likewise, DaveSandersonSpeaks.com. I have my entire schedule there. At Facebook, I'm at Dave Sanderson Speaks. At uh, and LinkedIn, I'm at David Sanderson. That's where I leave sort of my business lessons and strategies. And, and Twitter is Dave Sanderson, too, where I give those little updates from the day and where I'm at and what's going on and some insights from other people that I've learned from that day and hopefully can impact somebody else's life. That's perfect. Hey, I got one last question for you. I actually skipped over this, and it's like my most important question. I can't believe I just skipped over it. <laughs> so the last question that I have for you, Dave, is this. What does living a life of abundance mean to you? You know, living a life of abundance, what that means to me is, you know, I, I really have joy in my life. Not just not just happiness, but, you know, I, I'm in that state of joy where can't we, you know, nothing really starts bothering me. I, my, my family's at peace. I'm at peace. I'm adding value. I'm impacting other people's life. And that's where, you know, I, that's where I feel like I, uh, I'm living my life of abundance when I do that. Uh, you know, when, when. One of, one of the things in my life, and I'll just end up with like this, is you know one of the probably the darkest times of my life is when I was so focused on my personal, my own personal significance, and that was uh, you know when I was in my early you know early twenties and mid twenties where it was all about me. But uh, once I started figuring out that you know check check your ego at the door, focus on how you can add value to other people, all of a sudden the life opened up for me, and you know all of a sudden the miracle on the Hudson happens, and now I I get to travel the world and meet people and hopefully impact people's lives, which is truly my life's mission. Yeah, I think that 20-year-old in all of us, I know it was certainly me, I was all about me, <laughs> without a doubt. Yep. And uh, once you make that focus, man, seriously, once you make that focus on how you can add value to other people and realize that you already have abundance in your life, no matter where you're at in, in your life at this point in time, things turn on a dime, 180-degree difference in your life. Uh, once you make that realization. And Dave, I truly appreciate your time. Again, uh, your story is just simply amazing. And not just the story, the miracle on the Hudson, but everything else about your life is truly remarkable. And I appreciate you sharing that with us. Thank you very much. And uh, God bless and hope everybody has a tremendous new year. You too. All right. Have a good day. All right, Abundant Leaders, I told you that was an entertaining conversation, or at least I thought so anyway, and I definitely got a lot out of that conversation. Dave is truly an amazing individual. Him and I have talked, we talked before the interview, for goodness, like an hour and a half or something like that, and we've talked since the interview. Ever since I've been connected with Dave and him and I have had conversations, he has connected me with so many other people, it just blows my mind. In fact, Dave is the third person that I've talked to that has personally worked with Tony Robbins. So I'm one person removed from Tony Robbins times three and two people removed from Les Brown, who is just another one of my mentors from afar. And I do look forward to having a personal one-on-one -on -one conversation with at some point in time, whether it's for the show or not. So again, I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I did. If you did, please share it with others. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps out the show so much. I can't express just how much it helps out the show. And go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. 
We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.